Welcome to the Startup Life Show with Andy Lyons, where you'll find the best informational and inspirational advice for startup founders. Everything a new business owner needs to build momentum and maximize success. Here's your host, startup coach and mentor, Andy Lyons. Hello and welcome, listeners. Thank you for tuning into episode 69 of the Startup Life Show. I'm your host, Andy Lyons, and this podcast series is here to help you, the startup founder, the new business owner, maximize the joy, and yes, minimize those heartaches from your startup journey through advice and insights from my own hands-on experience as a founder of four businesses, along with the advice from experts and founders across all industries. We're here to make your founder journey easier and less isolated and leave you feeling on purpose and saying, yes, I remember why I launched this business. Woohoo! <laughs> now, if you're in the food and beverage industry, you're going to love this episode. And even if you're not in the food and beverage industry, please keep listening because it's easy to think, wow, what's so hard about launching a food business? Well, I certainly said that out loud in early 2002 when I launched my food business. Little did I know, listeners, how friggin' complicated this industry is. That's why I'm so excited to share this episode's guest with you. In 2014, Michelle Mazzara, CEO of Love a Foodie, decided to follow her dream and she launched loveafoodie.com, a brand that connects people who share a passion for food and beverage. Now, initially, Love a Foodie was a brand for single foodie folks to meet. And while Michelle had strong marketing and branding skills from her 20-plus year career in product marketing, she was definitely challenged to figure out how to build a website and create an online community. And as many founders experienced, once Michelle launched Love a Foodie, she saw opportunities to include consumable brands and began adding products to her marketing strategy. She quickly realized, however, sharing products and brands was more in alignment with her core skills. And so she shifted the website from a dating website to a social website for all people who want to share in their love and passion for food in beverage. In 2016, Michelle was diagnosed with heart disease. And due to complications from surgery, she also suffered a heart attack. And gosh, as you can imagine, this changed her life and her perspective of what she really wanted to do with the brand and her vision for the company. I'm so excited to hear more from this extraordinary startup founder. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Andy. It's my pleasure to be here. Hey, how are you feeling? I know it's been three years since your heart disease diagnosis, but where are you at today? I feel pretty good, Andy. You know, I, uh, stress isn't the best thing for heart disease, so <laughs> it's a little bit hard when you're still trying to uh, run a business on a one-woman show, but uh, yeah, I feel pretty good. I'm actually, I uh, just made my uh, doctor's appointment to see my cardiologist in December. Oh, good. Well, you know, these are the things, this is the vicissitudes in life. It's not just enough that one starts a business, but life happens, folks, and we're not exempt from life happening, whatever that looks like. So we're all holding you in love and light and strong, good health. So let's go to your launch story, which I just love. You know, it's the ideal example of a founder starting the entrepreneurial journey with one direction and value proposition in mind, and then whoop, business pivots, and in your case, several times, which of course is absolutely normal. So please share with the listeners how you went from the original calling to create a dating site for foodies to a national brand. 
Right. Well, you know, Andy, um, I really didn't know anything about the dating industry other than me being single and tried some dating websites before. So it was it was quite a big um, step to even think that I could start and build a website from scratch with my team for single to our foodies. But it was a, a lofty goal. And that's what I did. And then what ended up happening is I went to some international dating conferences and I realized after listening to the CEOs for Match.com and eHarmony and other large dating websites that, you know, in order to get critical mass, you have to spend about a million dollars. So yeah. I realized <laughs> I wasn't going to be in this, I wasn't going to be able to a monetize the dating website without getting critical mass because um, you have to have so many heads out there in so many cities before you can actually ask people to pay a monthly amount. So I started, you know, I mean, one of the things I think all entrepreneurs, successful ones have to realize is you can have a great idea, but sometimes it, like you said, it pivots, it morphs into something else and you have to react as soon as possible. And once you realize, hey, you know what, the idea is great, the brand is great, but the original concept isn't going to work. Now, what can I do to make it better and bigger and change it? And that's what I did. After about six months, I launched Caramels under the Love of Foodie brand at at grocery stores and the customers really um, love the brand. They love the name. They love the logo. They thought it was cute. And then I had an idea that this could be so much more than just caramels. And that's kind of the evolution of love. I love it. I love it for so many reasons. First of all, look, you have such a strong background in product marketing and branding. I mean, you came up through big food service type companies and big brands. So you Mm -hmm. already have a deep understanding of how to do that. But what I also love about what you share is so, so it it makes sense that you pivoted in my opinion, but also Mm -hmm. listeners, I really want you to take away from this. You know, you see these mythology memes out there all the time about entrepreneurship. One of them is there is no plan B burn the ships, you know, all of that. Forget about that. There's 25 letters in 26 letters in the alphabet. Start with B C D E F G H until you figure it out because You have to launch. Nothing's going to be perfect when you launch, but launching is going to give you critical information. You're going to, like Michelle realized, hey, this is never going to work because it's not in alignment with how I want to be as a founder and how I want to grow a business. And also, you're going to learn what will work, and it will take several iterations. That's why reiterating is so important. So thank you for sharing that lovely transition that you made through your business. So as you pivoted and shifted, you know, proving the value proposition, especially in the crowded food industry, what do you feel is love of foodies unfair advantage and why are customers gravitating to your products and your website? Well, one of the main reasons I think is because I engage with all my customers. I'm in the stores, I'm sharing my stories and people don't just buy, they, they buy, when you buy a product, you usually have an emotional tie to it. Or you, you remember the owner, you remember some story. That's, that's what really sells a product and it has to be good. I mean, and the proposition that Lava Foodie has and that I've really, the message I've really tried to communicate 
probably the last couple years, and it's, it's I'm even doing it more in the last year, is our message is to eat clean, be well, and stay well. And what that means is all of our spices are chemical free. There's no fillers. There's nothing artificial in any of them. And the majority of the spices in the spice market all have fillers in it. They have um, anti-caking agents. Some of them have cardboard in it. Oh, yuck. Right, right. And I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely true. And the same thing with chocolates. A lot of the, the um, big brand chocolates, if you look at the ingredients, you can't even understand what some of those chemicals are. So you can't pronounce them either. <laughs> right, you can't pronounce it. You don't know what they are, and that's and that's what makes our chocolates different. They're, you know, basic cocoa, butter, sugar. Um, it's there's not a, you know, and that's the same thing when I launched my caramels. They were fantastic, but they had no preservatives in them. So the shelf life, I pivoted quickly um, away from the caramels after about a year and a year because the the um, shelf life was so narrow because we chose not to put preservatives in them. Well, I can tell you as a former food founder who had a shelf life on a product, I picture um, uh, in the movie Gone with the Wind when she's out there with her fist in the air. That's me saying, as God is my witness, I will never launch a business with a shelf life again. It, it, what did you do, Andy? Because I didn't know that. Oh, so, I had a I had a a, a granola, prim, um, a premier all natural premium granola, and it was called Goddess Granola. So it was a lot of fun, and it had some has some great stories to go with it. But the shelf life is a serious thing, listeners, in is. the food business. It's really yep. really hard. It is, and that's why I, I I really decided after you know running between stores because you don't want the stores to lose money and you don't want to lose money and take them in as a return, that um, I was going to get into spices that had a little bit longer life. And um, so, you know, I, I, I mean, that's, plus I also love the creation of cooking and um, the creativity of creating different spices. And specifically, I came, I started with the grill spices. And then when I found out I had heart disease, um, one of the things that people should do when they have heart disease or even diabetes is reduce the amount of sodium in your diet. Eating clean means basically chemical free, but it also means don't eat processed foods. Right. Because like soups are, are loaded with salt. Yes. So any frozen food, I mean frozen pizza, anything processed, even lunch meat is not good for you. Um, there's a lot of sodium in it. And um so I, after three, when I was diagnosed, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get involved with the American Heart Association. I'm going to share my story because I was misdiagnosed. And oh. that's, that's really important because so, first of all, heart disease is the number one cause of death for both women and men. And men. And but it's... More, more women that die of heart disease than men because we are misdiagnosed. That is so okay. hard. So now you've so, got a, a double message out there. I do. I love that. I just want to tell listeners, you know, the unfair advantage that Michelle has with Love a Foodie is something that she said that's really, really important that you hear. It's the emotional connection that she makes with her customers. And you know that 90% of a buying decision is emotional. 
The 10% is the logic, so that's what we have to have, you know, the benefits behind what we bring to the market. But that emotional connection is your brand promise. It's how you're showing up and connecting and communicating. And Michelle, talk a little bit more about, you know, you go for tastings and, and all of that. And now, and combined with your story for heart disease, what other ways are you connecting with folks that really gives you an unfair advantage? Well, you know, I'm hands-on, so like I said, I'm in the stores a lot doing demos, so people are actually tasting the spices, they're getting to see how I use them. Um, social media is very big for Love of Foodie because I don't have any large um, budget to spend in, you know, national advertising, so I do a lot on YouTube. I would recommend that anyone who's interested in the brand that they follow Love of Foodie, or we have a Love of Foodie channel on YouTube. Facebook, um, I just changed the page to Love of Foodie Clean Eating, Twitter, Instagram. Nice. Yeah, and and so um, the message is clear. It's clear in social media. It's clear in the recipes that I make. I'm I'm coming out with a new cookbook the end of November called Eat Clean, Be Well, and Stay Well. It combines um, our grilling spices in recipes. Right now, I do have a salt-free cookbook also. Uh, using our salt-free spice blend. Nice. Yeah, so there's lots of ways I communicate. Um, You know, I'm very open. I'm very um, black and white, so to speak, in the sense that I I don't, I'm very direct and honest about what Right, and I ask this because it's really hard to build a community platform. I mean, you've got the products and all of that, but you're also creating conversations. So please share with listeners, you know, some of the key insights that you've learned building a business that's online, you know, it always looks so much easier than it is. What has worked in your social media strategy that you feel has helped people gravitate toward your community? And then my second question to follow that up with is how are you monetizing it all? Well, you know, if we could convert all the visitors that visit the website into actual sales, I wouldn't have to work at all. I mean, we we get so many visitors that go to the website. I mean, some days it's 10,000. I was on TV a couple of months ago, not even a couple of months ago, it was about a month ago. We had 25,000 visits to Love a Foodie. Oh my gosh. One day. (gasps) That's a lot. Um, So So you're doing something right. Right. So there's a huge interest. Um, you know, I'm at Love of Foodies on Amazon.com, and, you know, a lot of people love Amazon, and so I think one um, venue for anyone who's in the food space or any kind of retail space is you, ha- you have to be on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, um, we're on, I have a, we just switched the platform to Shopify, so it's a little bit more uh, user-friendly and, and um, for Love of Foodies website for our products, but it's constant revamping it's constant um you know coming up with another idea we just added a jingle to the website so if you go to love a foodie and it's l-u-v-a-f-o-o-d-i-e.com you actually hear a really cute little jingle and it's a woman saying i had this woman create this jingle eat clean be well with our love a foodie spice blend so, i love that that's it yeah. again another emotional connection with folks because jingles are you know, a, an emotional connection. People feel right. the jingle as well as hear right. it. And we have animation. And then um, this is something that might interest some of your listeners is that um, 
you know, one of the things that I do in life in general, if I have a problem or I, I come up with a solution, I'm not a quitter. And I created a year ago um, a line of spices for dogs and cats. No way. Who would know yeah. cats and dogs want spices? So if you go to our website and you go to the top of the page, the right-hand side, you're going to see a little icon for a dog and cat. If you click on that, it will take you to the, the dog and cat pages. And there's a lot of videos on YouTube and also on my website showing me with my dog and <laughs> our veterinarian. And, um, and people like that. People who are dog owners or cat owners, they love to see other dog and cat videos. Absolutely. I mean, of course, cats love catnip, everybody, and that is a spice. But, um, yes, and that's one of the ingredients in the cat lover spice. Well, and everybody knows the pet industry is huge, especially around the food and be well and clean and all of that. So that's a great yep. strategy. Now, are you direct sales or do you use distributors or how did you figure all that out? So like you said, I had a strong, strong CPG consumer products background. Yes. Um, I, right. So right now we ship direct to all of our grocery customers and our retail customers. Okay. Hold on, everybody. I have to do a happy dance here because this is the other secret that people just do not understand about the food industry. You have to, more often than not, use a distributor to get on the shelf and they take 30% at least. And then the retailer is going to take another 35% at least of your margin. So unless you have a wicked cheap margin, you're going to get hit until you get volume. So the fact that you're shipping directly, Michelle, to grocery stores, that's amazing. Do you have your own manufacturing facility? Or are you co-manufacturing? Yeah, I, I have a co-packer. So mm -hmm. the co-packer has the recipes and right. a store orders. I send them, I send the co-packer uh, a packing slip and it's got the number of tins that they want or what mm -hmm. chocolates or whatever it is. And um, they're blended fresh, and then they're shipped directly to the customer. I love that, something fierce. And again, this whole margin story, folks, it's just amazing how the margin can erode. And when I launched my food business, Michelle, I got certified as a woman-owned business right away because I knew that a premium granola would be right. ended up being 20 bucks on the shelf by the time I was done. So I right. went right into food service to scale nationally in under 24 months. So I was in corporate, campus, hospitals, you name it, ends all over the place, and I didn't get charged the fees because I was part of the supplier diversity program in food service. So anybody out there, by the way, woman-owned business, get WeBank certified if you want to get into corporate or government contracts. It's really a leg up, and it'll make life a lot easier for you. And by the way, right. I help people with that application. Did you get um, certified as a woman-owned business, Michelle, or...? So yeah, so minute. So I was my company was part of the Super Bowl Fifty Two, which was in Minneapolis two years ago. Sure. And right, and so um, part of that process was working with the Business Connect as a minority-owned business, and I was nice. certified as a DBE with the state of Minnesota. So I could have got I could have done the WeBank certification, but mm -hmm. I did the. Um, the yeah, that's the, fine. The, yeah, and yeah. It, you know something. At some point, maybe I will. Do the WeBank, um, the, the process of getting certified as a DBE, Disadvantaged Business Enterprise, was just 
grueling. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is why people pay me to help them with the application, Michelle. Right. It's harder than applying for a line of credit. It's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's the same as what I was certified. It's yeah. the exact same, and it is it is um, very very labor intensive, and it does open up. Um, it should open up doors for um, me, and it has. Yeah, let's let's talk about co-packing. I I am a huge fan of co-packing, especially when you, as a leader of your business has such a strong marketing background. It allows you to focus on the marketing and let someone else handle the manufacturing. Did it take you, how many times, I mean, finding a co-packer listeners is not always so easy, depending on you know, what your recipe is. Michelle, how did you find the process? You know, I, I actually was pretty fortunate. I went to a fancy food show, which you probably don't, Absolutely. Is. Did yeah. you go to the one in Chicago or did you go to the one in New York? Actually, San Francisco. San Francisco's. January. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes, Beautiful. The winter Kansas show. I've been a couple times. But when I decided to get into uh, spices, I went to the, the fancy food show and I actually walked the show for several days and I, I made some really good contacts. And um, from that show, I was I was able to find a coal packer. I was able to find a printing company. I was able to find a chocolate co-packer. So I really um, got very fortunate. And one of the things that I was looking for is, you know, a clean co-packer and somebody that doesn't put the fillers in and has the capability to ship national because my goal is to eventually get into like a Target and, and to get in every grocery store across the country. Sure. Which, um, you know, so I wanted to have, I didn't want to just go with the somebody who didn't have those capabilities. Right, 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 right. I, I love that something fierce and, and finding a co-packer also, listeners, helps you have a clear idea of what your cost of goods sold are because you're going to get one number right. from them. <laughs> and that's beautiful. And that really, really helps you understand how much room you have to move with your margins. And margins are everything in the food industry. Right. And spices, I mean, I'm competing. My, my margins are, are, are lower than my competitors because most spice companies, well, there's really only a couple out there and they own several, several brands, mm-hmm. but they, they, make, they produce their own. So in other words, they're the manufacturer. They don't have to, the co-packer gets paid. They're like the middleman. And so my margins are lower than, say, my huge competitor. But um, the way I'm going to eventually, you know, make enough money that, um, you know, I, I would say will allow me to uh, expand my team is really in volume because yeah. more and more people, because I can't, I can't get my spices as low as somebody who owns right. 25 different brands. Yeah, it, it, that's why, you know, it's a volume game with food as well. And right. it, just getting those sales up. And what you're doing is absolutely key. Because remember, listeners, sure, it's been done f- before, but not by you and not for us. So what Michelle is doing with loveafoodie.com is she is creating a brand so that people are making the decision to purchase her spices because they love her story. They love her product. They love what she puts in to her food and they just love the brand promise. So again, that's so important, especially when you're competing in such a big marketplace against big players. That brand is so important. So you've had a lot of life's vicissitudes handed to you. Um, 
along with launching a business, which by the way, you know, is enough of a personal development program, but you've had uh, uh, health issues along the way. How have you kept your mindset strong during all these hurdles while growing your business? Well, you know, it's, I think it's difficult. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's some Mm -hmm. days where I'm like, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Should I have done this? You know, there's, there's days that are tough, but I think the, at the end of the day, I always remember that the timing was right. I was, I had been working for corporate America for many, many years Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, if I'm going to do this and I always felt, I mean, even as a little girl, I, I made barrettes and I, and sold them. I always had an entrepreneur. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and then I started a couple co- um, companies when I was in college. So I always knew in the back of my mind when I was selling somebody else's brand or, you know, these other companies I worked for that someday I would, I would have my own. I didn't know how, I didn't know what it would be called, but, and so what I'm doing is just, it just feels natural. It just feels right. And that's what keeps me going. I love that something fierce. And as the leader of your business, how are you managing isolation? And this is a question I ask everybody, Michelle, because it is the number one challenge for all founders. Right. And and it's true. It's very, very true. It is true isolation. (laughs) Um, You know, I think creative people send sometimes often are very independent people and I am a very independent person. And so for me, you know, I work the best and I'm most productive when I'm, it's just in isolation as much as it can be stifling. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, I try to still keep up a social life. Um, I don't go out as much as I used to before I started Level 40, but I, I do make time for the people that are in my life. And I do, um, take a break and exercise. I do take time to spend with my dog. And so, you know, I try to have, I wouldn't say it's, it's a completely balanced life right now because I'm wearing so many hats and I have sure. been for five years, but, um, you know, I, I'll make myself dinner and that's, you know, something that's comforting for me. So I, I love you know, that. You, just, you have the self-care yeah. practices. Yeah, you you have to, yes. Yeah. And, and that's really, Listeners, understanding what your heart and soul needs to stay nourished while you're giving up so much of yourself to your business is really part of your getting a deeper self-awareness of what you're doing and, um, and just really understanding what it's going to take because you do not want to burn out. And as much as you may love your business and feel on purpose, if you get burned out, you cannot bring your best to your business. So thank you for sharing that and your insights, Michelle. How may we support you in your business? Well, I'd love for all your listeners to try our clean eating products, uh, our spices and chocolates. Um, Our number one seller is garlic lovers. It's probably the best one to start out with because literally you can use it on um, all your vegetables, chicken, fish, protein, meat. I say you can use it on anything but chocolate. (laughs) <laughs> so um, a lot of people use it um, just in place of salt and pepper. They use garlic lovers every night. Oh, that's and, wonderful. Yes, yes. And with the holidays coming up, I mean, you know, everybody knows somebody who has everything they need. And you think, well, what am I going to buy this person? Try giving them 
love of wooden spices. Yay. I love it. Yay. I'm going to have all the links to Love a Foodie in the show notes, everybody. So you can connect and, and follow and engage because as you can tell, Michelle loves when people reach out and she wants to make sure you have the best customer experience when you land, <clears throat> excuse me, when you land on Love a Foodie. Dot com. I'm so grateful you joined me for this delicious conversation, for sharing your startup stories, Michelle, and listeners. Thank you for tuning into the Startup Life Show. I know that you found a nugget or two, whether you're in the food industry or not, to help you on your startup journey. If you have a startup story you'd like to share on the Startup Life Show podcast, please reach out to me via email, andy at andylyons.com. And to receive an alert whenever I post a new episode, please follow me on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast. The podcast is everywhere. So heartfelt thanks for sharing this episode. And let's connect on social media too. You'll find tons of curated DIY startup advice on my YouTube channel, Andylicious Advice. And please subscribe to my monthly newsletter, Let's Stick Together, because goodness knows it takes a village to raise a business, right? If you need a pitch deck reviewed, I've raised millions from VCs and thousands from angels. And I'm a co-host of a monthly pitch event in Boston so I can make sure your deck is ready for investors and a pitch event. And also, please do not struggle alone. If your business is suffering from a variety of ailments, let's get you in for an urgent care for Startup Founders coaching session. You can schedule an emergency call with me by the minute. I quickly diagnose the situation and can help you restore your business and your state of mind to a healthy condition. All the links are in the show notes. Michelle, thank you for sharing all so many parts and pieces to your wonderful startup story. Thank you, Andy. It was my pleasure. Oh, it's great having you on. And listeners, until next time, stay strong, stay focused, and please remember, you've got this. Cheers, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Startup Life Show with Andy Lyons. Are you ready to benefit from one-on-one business coaching for your startup? Then please visit andylyons.com. That's Andy with an E. And sign up for a free 30-minute consultation. Andy loves to connect with her listeners, so please reach out via email. Andy at sign andylyons.com and follow Andy on social media where you'll find her always sharing the best startup advice. If you have a high-quality product or service you'd like to share with Startup Life's listeners, please contact Andy about sponsorship opportunities. We look forward to connecting with you next time on the Startup Life Show with Andy Lyons.